Welcome to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. On today's podcast, I'll be reviewing a couple of classic films from the 1001 Greatest Films of All Time list. I'll read a few of your emails out and be doing a film face-off that has been requested by a listener. But first, as regular listeners to the podcast will undoubtedly know, we're in danger of having to change our name to Roman Polanski's Film Club due to the bloke who runs the 1001 Greatest Films website being a little bit of a dick. Well, after a few choice words and a couple of emails, he seems to have finally managed to get the message and for the first time, our podcast is going to be 100% Roman Polanski free. I've told him that if I'm paying eight quid a month for this shot, I want a bit of variety. So we'll give these two a trot out and see how we get on. Now, I've had a couple of emails from a few people inquiring about the condition of Mr Walker. Uh, He's the headmaster from the local high school and as you may or may not know, Mr Walker came off worst in a slight altercation in Queen's Park in the last podcast. Well, the good news is he's sitting up in bed and he's now taking on board liquids and, apparently, you can operate quite well with just one kidney. Anyway, he says he's not going to be pressing any charges and bears no malice against Dealer Dave. That is probably down to the fact that Dealer Dave knows where he lives and what primary school his kids go to. Mind you, they probably wouldn't have been able to make it stick, what with uh, Dealer Dave's dad being the DI down the local cop shop. So, we're all wishing Mr Walker a speedy recovery. I did actually wonder if we should have renamed the last podcast from episode 4 to Exhibit A. Just just hang 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 on a minute. Mum! Will you stop that? I'm doing my podcast. Yes, I'm still doing that. You'll have to do it later. I don't know, about half an hour. Just walk off downstairs, bargain hunt's about to come on. Well, Dickinson's real deal, it's the same pissing thing anyway. Just piss off. Yeah, sorry about that. Where were we? Ah, emails, emails. Our first email is from Norman, and Norman's from Crew. It goes, Dear Randall, I came across your podcast quite by accident, but enjoyed it and keep coming back for more. In your opinion, who is the greatest actor of all time? Norman Piper. Well, thanks for the email, Norman. Uh, well, I know a lot of people go on about like Robert Nero and Alan Pacino and people like that, but one actor who is overlooked by a lot of people is Chuck Norris. I mean, not only can he act, I mean, he's got all the moves, hasn't he? Well, he's probably not anymore. He'd probably try to kick your teeth out and shit himself these days. Uh, but in his heyday, no one could touch him. Uh, Actress-wise... Uh, I'll probably go with Cynthia Rothrock. Not many people know who she is, but uh, she's sort of like the female Chuck Norris. Look her up online. Very nice. I hope that's answered your question, Norman. On to the next email. Dear Randall, Last time you were forced out of the house to record your podcast in the park, as your mum did not want you in the house while she was out. Isn't it about time and at your age that you moved out? Jean Carter. Yeah, this is Jean one of my mum's friends from Bingo. Uh, her son's a barrister, or so she says, but he works in Costa Coffee making the coffees. Well, Jean, uh, if I moved out, who'd take the fag out of my mum's mouth when she falls asleep in front of the one show? Uh, who'd turn the chip pan off? And who'd drain the leg sores? And, also, who'd lend her the money to lend to Yao when your son steals from your purse? 
Yeah, didn't think of you about that, did you? Yeah, her son, the barrister, has got a bit of an obsession with dirty Janet. I'll tell you what, his cappuccinos aren't the only thing with cream all over him. I've seen Janet's jumpers. Anyway, thanks for writing in, Jean, but don't do it again. Right, it's that time again. Put your night all away. You won't be needing that tonight, because... Strange sounds from the dark corridor. Our resident ballbag has sent his email to us. He says, Dear Andal, your podcast dropped to a new low on the last episode. The way you reviewed Repulsion was an insult to the cinematic master Roman Polanski, who is a director that throughout his career has continued to surprise and should never be written off. Frantic, your second review, is a fabulous film which you reduced to a four-line review in which you compared it to the abomination Taken. I know that I shouldn't let it bother me, but it does. It pains me that someone who wouldn't have the brain power to understand the nuances of French New Wave cinema has the bare face to attempt a review and reduce fine art to a few choice phrases about shagging and playground insults. I implore you to stop the dark corridor. I do hope he hasn't got a girlfriend. Or boyfriend, we don't judge here. Uh, if he has, I just hope that they're deaf. I've had enough of this bloke's negativity, so from now on, I don't think we're going to be reading out any more of his emails, so I'll bid you a fond farewell, Mr Dark Corridor. Shall we do a review? The day we thought would never arrive is here. We are reviewing a film not directed by Roman Polanski, and I've almost got a tear in my eye. Our first film is from 2001, and it's one called Bridget Jones's Diary. It's directed by Sharon Maguire, and I think it's our first film directed by a lady. And I'm all for women's lib and equal rights, and to prove that, I've made a jingle for every time we have a film by a female director. So, here goes. Ding dong. Lady director. Well done, Dolph. Thanks to Ken for that. Uh now, this film has got Rennie Zellwig in it, as Bridget, and Hugh Grant, and Colin Firth. He's sort of like the Aldi version of Hugh Grant, isn't he? Right, starts off at Christmas, and it looks like our Bridget has been nailing the old Quality Street. Now, she gets a diary for Christmas, and decides she's going to change her life and bag herself a fella. Well, instead of going on Tinder or putting cards in phone boxes, she decides to flirt with her boss, Hugh Grant. Now they end up shagging, and all's going well, and they keep bumping into Colin Firth, who happens to be the moodiest fucker on the planet. Right, one day, she goes round and she finds Hugh Grant's been nobbing another woman, so she gets pissed off and starts lusting after Colin Firth's end. Just at the point our mate Colin is putting in the groundwork to get his tip in, old Hugh Grant comes back and turns up, and they end up having a right old big fight in the street. This bothered me. Right, they have a king-sized dust-up which spills out into an Italian restaurant. Right, They spoil a birthday party and then smash through a fr the front window. And they beat fuck out of each other and no one seems that arsed. I mean, no police are called, no restaurant managers seeking compensation. They just get up and walk off. Anyway, it all comes right in the wash and after a few hiccups the right bloke is up to his nuts in our Bridget. It was highly enjoyable. Uh, I do think I probably would have enjoyed it more if it was tanked up on cheap white wine and eating a block of galaxy. Ratings wise, I'm going to put this on a par with something like Con Air with Nick Cage in it. 
and that was Bridget Jones's diary. Watch that if you enjoy watching tubby lasses getting more than their fair share. Just an update on my job. Uh, I'm still on furlough with no sign of uh, when I'm going to be back amongst them. Mr White, lovely fella, says it could be a while yet. But, but a shout out to Clive who works in packing who earlier in the week won £98,000 on a six-horse accumulator. The bloke at the betting shop was furious. But he's, he's a lovely bloke, is Clive, and he always likes a flutter on the GGs. Now, at work, he is known as a horse whisperer, but not because of his betting prowess, but due to the fact that he got glassed in the neck at a nightclub back in the 80s and talks like this. So, well done, Clive. It couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke. So, this week, I got an email, and it goes... Dear Randall, loved your section film Face Off. I know you like your comic book films, and I wonder, who is your favourite Spider-Man? And that's from Mike Turner. And that leads me nicely into... Randall Parker's Film Face Off. Right, so this week on Randall Parker's Film Face Off, we're going to compare the first film in each of the Spider-Man series. Series. Series? Whatever the word is, anyway. You've got Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire in it, The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield in it, and then Spider-Man Homecoming with Tom Holland in it. And the first thing you notice is in each of these films, Aunt May gets fitter in each one. Although, mind you, I bet you, the old bird from the first one was a bit of a goer in her time. She's got a little twinkle in her eye, hasn't she? Now, the first Spider-Man makes his web organically, right? And the other two, right, manufacture their own. Now... I think they thought that uh, if he did it like that, it'd be more natural you know, for him to make his own. But if they wanted him to be anatomically correct, he should have just been shooting it out of his ring hole, shouldn't he? Villain-wise, the first one has the Green Goblin in it. The second one had the Tramp out of Notting Hill in it. And the third one has got the old Batman as the baddie. <laughs> Obviously, as time goes on, the computer effects have got better and better. So this is where the first one kind of falls down a little bit. And the... Th the third one's got Iron Man in it, and the, the the second one I can't really remember much about it, uh, and I only watched it the other night. I mean, but there's something about a tubby forty-year-old man running around in lycra pretending to be eighteen that just appeals to me, and so that is why uh, the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire in is the winner. Randall Parker's film face-off. You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club. Hello, I'm Steve from Viking Debt Recovery. Are you constantly chasing your debts? Sick of customers coming up with pathetic excuses? Is it affecting your company cash flow? Why not give us a try? Show them that your business means business. We offer a guarantee that we recover your whole debt for 10% commission. For 30 years, we have been in the forefront of debt recovery, specialising in techniques such as backdoor, mid-region, soft work, bottle topping, four dogs, toe capping, mood ring, corkscrew, hotball, main hand and jockey. And we are the area's only debt recovery service to offer a full tip and snip service. We're sure you won't be disappointed. So call me, Steve, on 0845 399 146 or ask for Clawhammer Pete at the bar of the Dog and Partridge off the Aston Expressway. Viking Debt Recovery. We don't fuck about.
right on to our final review this week and it's another one with Hugh Grant in it. It's called Music and Lyrics and it's from 2007, directed by Mark Lawrence. Now, it's also got that Drew Barrymore in it. Uh, don't she look like she's talking while she's eating a toffee? Right, it's a film about an old pop star who gets a chance to earn a bit of cash writing a song for a new pop star. Only problem is, he can't do words. Uh, don't know if he's some sort of retard or he's just dyslexic. It's not fully explained. Dyslexic. Dyslexic. Funny word that, isn't it? Uh, spelt like that. If you are dyslexic, you've got no chance of reading that one, have you? Anyway, I digress. Hugh can't do words, so he needs someone to help him out. And who does he get? He gets the dozy cow who's watering his plants, you know, like you do. Anyway, turns out she's like Rain Man, but with song lyrics. And as you can expect, it follows the old rom-com formula, which goes, couple meet, couple don't get on, couple shag, woman finds out bloke earlier said he didn't like her, they break up, bloke makes a big gesture, then they shag again. Along the way, you do get a couple of nice tunes to help things move along smoothly. And both Hugh and Drew are fun to watch. Ratings-wise, I'm going to put this on a par with The Human Centipede 2, full sequence, for the main reason that I shouldn't have liked it, but I couldn't help myself. And that was music and lyrics, a fun watch. Although both of today's films weren't from Roman Polanski, I went through the 1001 Greatest Films list on the website and I couldn't see either of today's films, but it is a big list and I might have missed both of them. So once again, thank you for listening, and finally we've got some half-decent films to review. Let's hope the Roman Polanski incident is behind us. As always, you can contact me via email, randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Ta-ra for a bit. (laughs) 